Hi, James. Hey. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi, virtual Gabby. <laughs> so we are doing our first, um, what is it, off-site <laughs> virtual pod. Yeah, this is the remote pod. Yeah, which is our first time doing this. It's a combination of, I feel exceptionally paranoid about quarantine right now. Mm. <laughs> the point where I just am just in my house fully. I think I go in and out of it. And then also this is practice for a uh, top secret new millennium. <laughs> Right. We're also not supposed to be in the households of other people right now. Yeah, you'll I'll be arrested. James, I would be arrested if I was with James right now filming this pod. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, but I weirdly feel really good about it. Like, this is how I felt in the beginning of quarantine. And then in the middle of it, I got kind of freaked out where I'm really happy to have a reason not to go out. Like, mm-hmm. I've been really, like, people have been like, mm-hmm. you know, let's hang out. Like, I'll make you dinner. And I, I'm just like, thank God I have this, like reason to not do any of that that's where I'm at right now I just feel really antisocial so I feel supported yeah yeah yeah. how are you feeling what's new I see Joey in your lap yeah I have Joey Joey's been a big lap dog recently so she's just happiest in my arms so cute I'm adjusting to the stay-at-home order I feel like it's a lame thing because it feels like we were already grounded and now we're just sent to our room yeah I get it I just think I just want them to like do more on their ends I guess I know that's what I keep saying too is like I feel like there's this big emphasis on everyone yelling at each other on the ground and I'm like can we please talk about how the government like never did their end of the deal like not once like I'm at the point like I don't even if someone's partying like I'm I'm just like I'm not even mad because I mean I obviously they shouldn't be doing that and like you and I that's the thing too is like you and I have been really conscious this whole time like we never lost Mm -hmm. our our precautions and our PPE and <laughs> we never like ripped off our mask in a in a <laughs> restaurant being like I can do this you know yeah 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 some people haven't but I'm just like I'm not mad at any any individuals right now I'm just like yo like the government doesn't do anything <laughs> they didn't learn anything I talked to this one woman at a juice place and she was she like leaned over the counter and she's like not to say the government's against us but I feel like the government's against us and, like, I'm not going there fully, but the fact that we're feel like, citizens are feeling that way is just... <laughs> I know, I'm like, I don't know if they're against us, but they're definitely not with us, you know? It's yeah. like your coworker yeah. that, like, you're always awkward with, and you're like, she definitely doesn't hate me. Like, I'm not about to, like, <laughs> narcissistically, like, magnify my presence in her life, but she's definitely not with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The government's exactly. like, I don't really fuck with you. <laughs> Um, but I will say, on a lighter note, I realized that today is the first day of the last month of 2020, and to celebrate, I wanted to play this song for you, which I feel like you and I have played many times on the first day of a month, but it hit much harder for me today, so here we go. <laughs> you know this. It's the first of a month. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, it's the first of the month. The month. Amazing, yeah, it's the first of the last Thank month. Thank you for that. And I felt really celebratory earlier. I was like, I'm not the type to, you know, there's so much criticism for saying, it's just 2020, like, I'm not an idiot, but I also know that our brains work that way, you know? Like, who was mm-hmm. I in 2020? It's like, that narrative is ending, that file, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, what are those 2020 people going to do when it's 2021? <laughs> I know. Yeah, what are, what's the narrative now? Yeah. There's a lot of, yeah. It's 11-11 right now. So. Oh my god, make a wish after the first of the month song. Okay, everyone do it too, because... Even if it's not 11-11 as you're listening to this, you are in the vibration of 11-11 with us. We're holding it with you. Okay, that was easy. World peace, done. (laughs) Okay, done. So easy, quick. (laughs) (laughs) I love having a system. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, uh, I guess the first thing we're going to get into is the mysterious... Utah monolith. So how did you find out about the quote-unquote monolith that showed up in uh, Utah? And we will get into, for those of you who haven't been keeping up with the story, I have all of the information. I was very obsessed on like a Twitter level. And (laughs) we have some Joey in the mix. Um, And I will get into like every every layer. We're going to really unpack this. So first, how did you find out? So I found out from you. Um, oh, cool. Okay, I <laughs> love that. <laughs> yeah, I just found out about it on the group text when you sent it. Um, and that was the New York Times article, right? Or just like a... Correct. It was a screenshot of the New York Times. Um, actually, no, I think it was just a random random news source at first that you sent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it felt... When you sent it, I was like, is this just, you know, a BuzzFeed joke? I don't know. <laughs> In my mind, BuzzFeed just makes up stuff, and I know they're a real outlet now, but, uh, so I, I know, uh, I know, it's sometimes you see, yeah, if I saw BuzzFeed, I'd be like, okay, like, cute, or like, it could be promo or something. Right, very promo-based. Um, so I saw that, and I kind of loved it immediately. Yes. Uh, because it makes, it just made me feel so many things, Mm -hmm. and none of them mattered at the same time, you know? (laughs) So that's how I found out about it. Really, the meaning of life. <laughs> so when did you find out about it? Um, you know what? Someone actually sent it to me on Sai Swoon, which nice. I love. And I will say a lot of the information I got on it, which is honestly a big reason why I love having Sai Swoon, is like if I'm interested in something and post about it, I will get like messages of like things I missed on it. So someone mm. actually sent it to me and they were like, I thought that you would love this. <laughs> And I was like, what? And then it was actually someone had made a a mock Instagram page of the monolith itself, just being like, hey, guys. (laughs) And that's what they sent me. And then I was like, what is this? And then I Googled it and saw the articles. And yeah, I was really interested in it because I feel like, especially for you and I, I was like, this covers all points. Like, this is surreal Mm -hmm. and mystical, could be spiritual, definitely art related. Like, it's probably an art installation person. And then it kind of, you know brings up you know our side interests of (laughs) you know internet attraction uh nature all the things um (laughs) yeah I was into the alien theory because it's funny a lot of tarot readers and people online have been saying what's next we had a pandemic we had you know a crazy political action this year like what's next and everyone was like it's Mm -hmm. gonna be aliens and I was like well why not (laughs) I saw it and I like, I like went through the gamut of things and then it just rested within me as like, I guess the aliens are here. And it was just this weird thing where like, it like sank down and I was like, we don't know if they're good. Don't know if they're bad, but they're here. And like, it just felt like I couldn't deny it, but I also couldn't prove it. 
But I did feel very alien based. How do you feel about alien activity? Like if, like is you know like what is, <laughs> what yeah? What do you think about? Well, alien? I don't. Th- growing up, the one thing that scared me was this movie where like it was an alien guy and he had a bunch <laughs> of like heads in a bowling bag, and it just really stuck with me. I don't remember the what? movie. Yeah, it was a really dark alien movie that was kind of indie, but there was this. Yeah, on TV, and so there's a monologue in this movie where he's like, they can walk through walls, you can't see them and you can't control them. For whatever reason, ghosts don't frighten me, but the idea that aliens could do the same thing that ghosts could do freaked me out as a kid. And now I'm kind of like, aliens and are kind of just another spiritual, energetic form. Totally, um, totally, I agree. And it's not frightening, it's just... I also read um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when I was a kid. I read all of those books, and after that I was like, dude, universe is sick and it's vast, and there's definitely people out there. <laughs> My friend who's very psychic-y um, and into angels mostly, and she was like, aliens are just an energy, just like angels are. And we had this whole conversation mm-hmm. about how it's kind of just like all of these energies... Which is truth and, like, proven by science, like, on a <laughs> Earth level that, like, energy is just condensed mm-hmm. matter, right? That turns into a form. And they're, like, aliens and angels are just an energy in other realms that we can sometimes access energetically, you know? But then she was, like, there's good aliens and bad mm-hmm. aliens and there's fights. And I was, like, I don't know. Maybe there's societies, yeah. right? I think the yeah, key yeah. is not thinking that they would ever live like we do, you know? Like, I think we try to think mm-hmm. of aliens and be, like, oh, they're like earth if they're like earth in the future or like they have like the same human emotions or like human urges and like they're gonna put us on a surgical table and I'm just like I think that they, it would be just much different <laughs> yeah I think anything that can survive outside of our atmosphere is a completely different life form yeah which, which is like just the same as saying you know a celestial being right 100 percent yeah so back to the monolith in the studio um okay so this is i'm gonna just give a play-by-play of all the information i gathered from social media and from um mainstream times (laughs) from reports and i'll say this just all the facts and then we can get into kind of what that really like reveals okay so The first way that both James and I and the whole world heard about the Utah monolith uh, was essentially a bunch of headlines. All of the major news sites, New York Times especially, said, you know, mysterious monolith. And I will like to say a monolith is a word for like just a big hunk of something that is seamless, which is important because words are important. (laughs) But monolith essentially (laughs) implies that it was a big hunk of metal also all of the images were front facing so it looked like it was kind of like a a large rectangle with slight dimension right so it looks like so we have one photo of this beautiful you know desert landscape orange in utah with this just metal plank and the article was like we don't know how it got here you know park officials found it we don't know what it is And that was the narrative that the New York Times and pretty much all the major news sites kept going for a long time, long after people visited it, people touched it, people took videos of it from all angles, and someone saw it being carried away. So um, 
that's the narrative going around Twitter. Everyone has their alien conspiracies. Um, Reddit goes off and finds out that the monolith has been there since 2015. That has not been confirmed and could also easily be, you know, just someone throwing a wrench in the equation and having fun on Google Maps. <laughs> but it was someone who did the Google Earth and found out that it had been there that long. So if that's true, that is a big part of the mystery that has not been solved. Um, and via Reddit, a bunch of people found out the coordinates of it and how to get there. And so it is very much in the middle of the desert. And this is important too, is that there's no trails near this place, no main roads near this place, but it is desert. So if you have an off-roading car, uh, you could get there. And a lot of people did, <laughs> um, which is obviously, I don't know if it's illegal, but it's definitely deeply frowned upon because you're driving off of untouched driving on untouched nature and obviously ruining plants and ru like running over animals, you know, um, <laughs> probably. So that's a big part of it is it was starting to attract people to this location, but it was still, nobody was reporting on this. Nobody was reporting that people were going, that the report that was out there was it's in the middle of nowhere. The, uh, the land management rangers or whatever are not releasing the location. Um, because they don't want to rescue people from the location, um, because I'm sure that they thought people would have to hike there from a main road and not just <laughs> go nuts and off-road over the desert to get there, which is also so funny. Um, so the story that we're all getting from the main news sources is that, you know, this is this thing in the middle of nowhere that only these park rangers has, have seen. Uh, no one's going to be able to get over there unless they're really hardcore. Um, and then this goes on for a while and I start posting about it and I start, people start sending me, um, a few social media accounts on Instagram of people and just really people with not a big following. Like the first person sent me a photo of just this girl perched on top of it. Um, the photo had a hundred likes, you know, she was just <laughs> like a girl out in Utah that went with her friends to go see it casually as fuck, not even trying to get anyone's attention. And that was just so trippy to me because you see the media has this whole narrative and everyone's like, what's this mysterious thing? Like, who's going to figure it out? And then, and then another one popped up and it was just multiple people had gone. And once again, just people who didn't have the social media reach or even the desire to show everyone that they had gone, which was interesting, just their like small group of friends. And <laughs> I was like, whoa, people have gone and seen this. And so there was content showing all angles of the quote unquote monolith. It's not a monolith. It's a series of three pieces of sheet metal <laughs> in a triangle shape, hollow. Uh, so there's screws in it, which is like just very human, you know, like very human made. Um, and it's like, wait, okay, this thing, you know, this is really like necessary information on this mystery. And I look and no mainstream sources had covered it yet. It had been five days of people visiting it, touching it, and there was no coverage. And then I see this guy, <laughs> this guy, uh, someone says this to me too, and he's like, the monolith has been stolen. And this is on, once again, his social media page that was just his friends, just a small traveler account. And he posts a video of him coming there at night to find that someone had written by bitch in the sand and peed in the area where the monolith was. And so he was the first 
Okay, because before I saw that video of this guy with the bye bitch, there was an article on New York Times, once again, that went viral on Twitter, of course, and everyone was freaking out, and it said, the monolith that showed up a week ago in Utah is now gone, mysteriously gone. And it was a very short article, and obviously their angle was still, we have no idea what this is, we don't know what it's made of, and it's a monolith. Um, and yeah, so it's mysteriously gone. Everyone's talking about aliens, all kinds of, so much speculation in the, Twitter um, and meanwhile like days prior it was you know this guy had already saw that it was gone and so he has videos about it he's trying to get media attention really hard that was really funny to watch <laughs> <laughs> he was like somebody like he was like we were the last people to see <laughs> the, to see that the monolith was gone and he was like his profile is still pretty on it and then I reposted him and um the night before he started getting media coverage and then it became like a story he was on good morning america and everything and he said it was stolen so this is the social media narrative right that's unfolding with real eyes which i love um i keep checking the mainstream i keep checking like new york times to see if they've caught up yet have not they have um now they what they have now now they have yeah, yeah. they have now officially yeah <laughs> december 1st um, and yeah, so this guy was like, he didn't see the monolith being taken away, but he, uh, saw it apparently right after it had been taken. Like there was a small space in the sand and then by bitch and pee. So that was his whole deal. And he was like, I was like, I have keys to someone, just a normal person just took it. And then another day passes and a guy who was actually there as people hauled it away, that is another Instagram post, which I just, I loved that Instagram post. Did you read it, James? Like I the did, whole caption? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't it so interesting? Mm -hmm. Like, basically, I'll just sum it up. It was this guy, um, <laughs> this guy was like, hey, I just want to reveal the truth about the monolith. And he literally had a photo of the monolith on its side, just so vulnerable, <laughs> busted wide open. The inside looked like wood, like it had a wood in internal base. Um, and people taking it apart in the night and hauling it away and his caption basically said it was just a bunch of guys who were really upset about how they considered it trash they considered it litter and all the people that were coming and driving over the landscape and off-roading and visiting and they wanted to just get rid of it before the place got littered and destroyed and driven over and uh, this guy who posted about it on Instagram was just looking on and he said that the guy said to him, leave no trace hmm. before they took it away. And so they just took it apart, took it away in minutes. <laughs> and um, the guy was like, why didn't I stop them? He was like, it was the right thing to do. And he was like, nature, he ends with a line, which he basically said, nature is, mother nature is the greatest artist, like let her be in charge or you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. So those are all the facts, and now it's December 1st, and by now everyone's, what, cotton... You said you saw the Yeah, New so York the Times New York Times posted reported. about, th like, 14 hours ago, so last night, late last night, they basically contacted this guy, Ross, and interviewed him. Mm -hmm. um, and so they are now caught up to speed, and the New York mm -hmm. Times published the photos of the men hauling it away. And so you can see, like, the wood. And it's <laughs> really sad to me. I know. They were able to just knock it over. And he said that in his Instagram post, too. 
but in the initial report from I guess the parks department I think they said that it was just like in the ground like fully they said it was bolted to the rock bolted to the yeah. rock so it just becomes this whole thing where it was like I thought that it was this like steel piece that just was like unmovable and bolted into the rocks maybe it was part of the earth and like and then it's just maybe it wasn't even really yeah. bolted into the rock because if they were able to literally leave no trace yeah, it was quite flimsy yeah. in the photo. Yeah. yeah, and he said they just kind of rocked it back and forth because it was, like, weighted at the bottom, probably. Yeah, it was just four guys. Weighted pest pedestal. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny, too, because you're like, okay, the park rangers. Like, what was... The thing is, is, like, the mystery isn't dead. To me, it just got bigger, mm -hmm. where I was like, first off, obviously, who put it there? Was it actually there since 2015? Why did the Utah park rangers call it a monolith even though they were there and saw that it had screws and probably i mean if you find something like that don't you investigate and push it around a little i don't know yeah were they like afraid to touch it you know <laughs> i would love don't that. wake it up there's so many different kinds of people in the world and well okay think about it this way the narrative form you're just like pretend you're the park rangers and you come upon it and you actually think it could be an alien like would you touch it you could awaken the giant machine that takes the, the earth down i have like empathy for these yeah, guys even though it's I don't, wouldn't you feel it i don't know like wouldn't you approach like i don't know maybe i'm just taking it too far but like wouldn't you see it i just wouldn't you <laughs> feel the, the photos, plywood like, how could <laughs> yeah like i just saw those images of it just like fucking busted wide open and vulnerable um i just what i love is like, like the anyone... four guys decided like we don't give a fuck if it's aliens we're gonna push it over and find out you know like they didn't know what it what it could be on the they inside yeah, that's also interesting <laughs> yeah they had to be yeah, they had to be fully sold on the fact that it was art mm -hmm. we also don't know maybe they had an inside maybe their friend put it up yeah and it was or maybe they know one of them put it up for fun five years ago and had a weird indie photo shoot and then they grew out of their indie phase and value yeah <laughs> nature over their own art and we're like fuck we gotta put this back or we were too lazy to haul it back and yeah you know, they always say that the thief returns to the scene of the crime. So maybe that's just them. Oh my God. Wow, James. Thank you. Just call me that Sherlock would be if Holmes. You were a, <laughs> if you were the reporter, that would be your angle. Mm -hmm. Be like, the three guys that took it away, like, who would have that much conviction to just take something apart? Unless that's what I'm saying. It's, it's they sketchy. They were the birth of it. Yeah. They knew they could You're knock right, it over yeah. with four men specifically, like... Yeah, they they brought tools. They brought a team that, that could do the job and a wheelbarrow. Like, I wouldn't have thought a wheelbarrow could take. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. I love this. Like the concept that like it's all their fault, yeah. and then they're like, "Fuck, dude, we didn't get away with leaving our shit. We didn't get away with leaving our." I bet there's some shitty music video out there. I know some guys playing guitar in front of a monolith, mm -hmm. and then <laughs> there is there are music videos like that where it's just like mirrors in the desert you know it has that vibe it really does they're just the art totally, department totally. that didn't clean up fully and then you know they're like oh fuck we're gonna get yeah. found out yeah they had they also had production team vibes mm -hmm. like based on that caption of them being like just all business and being like leave no trace dog yeah. like <laughs> yeah, very crew. making decisions for everyone yeah. <laughs> they were also the fact that they were able energy. to like break it down so quickly like they probably had a a hard out you know the assistant director was going to yell at them if 
they went over their time. Like, there's just, like, a vibe there that <laughs> I see. I feel like... Oh, my God. Imagine someone gets a call. Like, dude, you didn't... And he's like, but you never paid me. <laughs> the video never came I out, I forgot dog. the check from the shoot. That's why I didn't remove it. <laughs> uh, but there's still... I hope the story doesn't go away because how I feel is like very aware of the media narrative which is like we thought it was aliens guess it's not lol but i'm like there's still a lot of questions Mm -hmm. that i need to be answered Mm -hmm. i like that you know there was an artist out there that they thought it could be what what was the name of the artist mccracken i need to yeah okay that was a really funny okay that's funny because the new york times had three three articles or four articles right the first one being like alien monolith second one being uh, could this be a McCracken? Mm-hmm. My favorite part of that article was it said, uh, his artist friends say, hell no. <laughs> his dealer says, yes, it is. And I was like, I just, I don't know, that was so funny. I know, his dealer was like, yeah, we can really, like, raise the value of his work. It definitely is his. <laughs> he has investment to say it yes. It definitely works, because I haven't thought about that artist in a long time. And then when they said that, I was like, wait, there is something to monoliths. Mm. You know, like I've just never, people love McCracken. I mean, he's great, but, and also here's the other thing too, is McCracken's pieces are not triangular. Mm. They're rectangular. You yeah. Know what I'm and so also we didn't know that it was a triangle until those guys pushed it over or until we started seeing those social and media yes. posts. Like did the New yes. York times not go and visit it? It feels like the New York times was just like, you know, getting text messages from the park rangers being like, they say it's a, it's a rectangle. I know. Like, and then... Yeah, getting, like, a... <laughs> they got a telegram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're getting telegrams from the Utah rangers. Yeah. But I guess that really brings up the idea of, like, like, reporting, like, reporting a story versus creating a story in the sense that, like, it is a great story. Like, where did this monolith come from? And it's also not... It's truthful in the sense that if that's all the information you have, that's the narrative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's reason to say it's maybe not that the New York Times was, like, lying for clicks, but it's... They truly... That's all they had. But I, I don't believe that's all they had. Well, you know, it's weird to me that they didn't just look on... The fact that people who are following you on Instagram could find more information than the New York times is kind of funny, but I, I feel like I, I have sympathy for the New York times. Like it's just been such a hard year. They've had to do so much (laughs) and they probably were like, here's a bit of whimsy. You love them. (laughs) I don't, you love them. You're on their side. I don't, I don't love them. I don't don't love them. No, they have a quality. No, I get it. I don't know enough about them to have an opinion, but I understand the, like... I just feel for the times, for these people know? that have had to do so much hard work this year, and they're like, you know what? It's called a monolith. It's fun. Yeah. It's a puff piece. Also, it must be hard to be... It must be hard to be kind of, like, a dignified news source in clickbait era, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The guy who wrote the final uh, article like was part of the Pulitzer Prize winning team that broke a prostitution ring. So I'm like, how does he feel like now writing about a monolith? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, totally. Ugh, reporting. I could be a reporter after all this. Mm-hmm. Probably just gathering. <laughs> I guess what is the future of reporting if the information comes out publicly on the internet first? 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it seemed what was interesting to me as well is only one <coughs> one person out of the many people who were talking about it and visiting it uh, were trying to get media coverage. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like in the past, before social media, if you wanted to broadcast information and you'd like call the news and be like, I have a story, I have a story. <laughs> and then now it was like these people were just satisfied with their close group of friends seeing that it was a triangle or seeing that they sat on it. Um, I think there's also, with this story specifically, an element of secret, you know, actions because there, we weren't supposed to go visit it. So it's sort of different truly. in this instance because people were mm-hmm. like, oh, God, let's go sneak over there and, and I'll just post it and hopefully no one finds out. Yeah, totally. Like the value, also like the value of mystery. Like I would be the type to be like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to tell anybody. Yeah. Um, it was really wild, but yeah, I really hope. And then they found there was the one that showed up in Romania. I love that one. <laughs> what was funny about that too, is that was also, <laughs> well, that was also to me really like poor reporting because they were clearly so different. Mm-hmm. Like the Utah monolith was like clear sheet metal. And then, I swear to God, the Romania one, it has the metal that they have on the inside of a bus. It has, like, a cheetah print texture or something. Like, No, I think... You know what I think that is? I think that's so people don't graffiti. Isn't that a thing? Mm. I don't know if that's what it is, but that's what the inside of the bus always has. Mm. It's, like, that metal that has swirls. Right, right, right. And apparently it's, like, graffiti-resistant or, like, something. Anyways, it was swirled. And then I remember I posted both, and somebody was like, maybe it got damaged. And I was like, that doesn't look like damage. That looks like a, a very hard hailstorm. <laughs> With a very equal impact. <laughs> a hailstorm organized by um, a OCD god. <laughs> by aliens. Duh. <laughs> oh, my God. I think the best... My, it would be amazing if it was put there by aliens and, like, aliens just happened to just not be that intense and technological. I know. And then it was taken away by these humans and then those humans go missing. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. That would be fun. I bet that Honestly, the... Honestly, that would actually be a great movie. <laughs> I bet that the sculpture was just, like, a DIY alien going through its, you know, punk face. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's like, I'm going to use the analog stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, I could totally just... 3D print a huge with my like, mind lava rock monolith. <laughs> yeah, with my mind, but I want to stay true to the form. <laughs> Hammers really speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sheet metal and screws, like the process. <laughs> the process is so romantic and meditative. Um, it's the journey, not the destination, I love this babe. <laughs> Oh my god. Or I really wonder. New I thing, want... the guy, the four guys were aliens <coughs> taking it away because they were like this wasn't us. This sucks. Like this is a bad representation of our work. And then they showed up and then they're like oh, leave yeah. no trace, which is very alien and weird. Yeah, to say leave no trace is quite alien. Yeah. Damn, really a lot of possibilities. Mm. And I will say I'm equally interested in them all if it was a shitty indie set. You know, I really wonder. Also, people were like, it's been there since 2015, but we all know that Google Earth has only been around, not since 2015, but, you know, it updates every few years. Right. Yeah, There's how no do way you to know really that, how tell? Long it was there. Yeah. 
Yeah. I also, we also don't know if that's true because Reddit goes wild. Reddit has fun. <laughs> uh, Reddit bends the truth. Um, really lovely. Um, but I thought, yeah, well, the McCracken thing was funny. And also another thing is like that story, the McCracken story would have never been a thing if it was established that it wasn't a big rectangle, but it was in fact triangular at the top, you know? Yeah. But someone did say, and then there was, was it another artist? But then someone said, I think it was McCracken's son, said that his his dad always talked about leaving art in nature to be discovered on accident. Right. Yeah. So there's still a possibility. I mean, maybe he was like, yeah, maybe he just decided to do a triangle. Who knows? Yeah, because that was the only way it could stand there. Yeah. (sighs) Oh. You know, there's so many layers. It could be alien. It's like every layer of the world exists in this monolith. Mm-hmm. We have high art worlds. We have high spiritual alien worlds. We have local nature protectors. How do you feel about the leave no trace? I, I, for me, I loved the idea of these like four men coming in and being like, fuck this thing. Like we're protecting the desert. If that was the case. <laughs> I think it was kind of the most beautiful thing that he could have said but also haunting, yeah, no haunting, because we are leaving so many traces haunting. in in general, day-to-day, on this earth. Ooh, interesting. And so the fact that he wants to zero in on this one thing, you know, how much of an impact is that really going to have on our earth in the grand scheme of things? I don't know, but he just felt the conviction that this was like... Yeah, the symbolism of that. Yeah. And it is annoying. That's like, a really interesting point. It's annoying when people just flock to a, a site and destroy mm-hmm. the sweet little rabbits' homes. It's just I mm-hmm. I totally get where he was coming from, and I wonder if he planned the word "leave no trace" or if like his group text to get the boys out there was like called "leave no trace." You know, <laughs> where did that come from? Yeah, totally. I also what was funny about the guy who posted about the "leave no trace" thing. Mm. Um, his last paragraph was like, you might be asking why I didn't stop them. He was like, they're right to do that. Like, he was like, we stayed overnight and then in the morning and there was 25 cars from all directions right. just barreling over the stuff. And then a lot of the comments were like, you were there too. And they started calling out this guy and being like, you came there. This is another thing. This actually goes hand in hand with the influencer episode that I just did with Harry. By the way, I loved having you oh, in that one thanks. through voice message. That was really fun. Um, and uh is that all the comments were like you went there just to take pictures and show off Mm -hmm. and I'm like where is this narrative coming from that people like if we didn't have social media and this story broke in a newspaper people would still be trying to go over there yeah you know and I I think there's this funny new narrative that people think that everything is for attention and posting and I'm like no that just is part of the deal now you know Mm -hmm. it's like you go out there because you know, you're an adventurous mystery solver. I would go out there in seconds, and then, of course, I have my phone on me. I'm going to document it, you know? Right. But there's this funny new narrative I keep seeing, which I saw with the monolith, too, where it was like, oh, these frivolous, you know, people just trying to get likes. And I just, where is that coming from? Like, I don't think anyone is living for likes. I feel like that's just part of part of it now, but it's not... I think that I think that that was something that people did earlier in Instagram, and I think people have kind of gotten over mm-hmm. it. But 
but it was definitely a driving force with like original influencers. You know, you go to the ice cream store that everyone wants to go to so that you'll get likes on the thing or whatever. But now I think but it's kind of just died like off. But tourist attractions? Hmm. I feel like it's the same as like tourist attractions, which have been around for so long. It's like, you know, people go to these locations to, people can say, oh, you go to the tourist attraction to say you've been there. But it's also like there's a reason it's an attraction because it's beautiful or mysterious or historical and there is an energy there right Mm -hmm. yeah you know i just don't believe that anyone goes you know travels all the way to italy to see the canals just to have a backdrop you know what i mean oh i don't think that that is the that's yeah that's what i mean because that's what people say all the time i constantly see it like when i was in hawaii and everyone was like how dare you go there for a backdrop and i was like (laughs) the backdrop came way later when I post the photo that's when it became a backdrop you know what I mean but that's never the goal I just don't think that makes any sense I think it's just justifying in people's minds why they don't want to like something which is influencer culture or just people travel (laughs) (laughs) that's such a good phrase people justifying in their minds but yeah they have to make the person an enemy Mm -hmm. but we all we all like to see some shit you know what I mean we all like to and I think there are some people who are documentarians by nature and some people who aren't. And Yeah, true. That's just how it is. Like you have always been a documentarian, as have I. Like I've been recording mm-hmm. with my like Canon point and shoot since I was fifteen. But 100%. that doesn't make me want to travel somewhere just so I can get a photo for the likes of it. Mm-hmm. But when that does translate yeah. into likes, I think there becomes more of a competition or some mm-hmm. weird part of the brain that needs to create that person as an other because they're getting attention for it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and how I see it is, like, if you are if you were in Utah and your friend was like, yo, let's go see this thing, I feel like everyone would say yes mm-hmm. <laughs> and take a photo to show their family. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I really... I just wish there was a way to just... <laughs> get to the root of every single thought <laughs> um i love the yeah, photo the were very entertaining what did you think of the photo that the guy ross took did you see the photo where he's sitting on top of the monolith oh it's like all of the the crazy graphics he added he added like he he floated a drone <laughs> above his head so it looked like the moon was like beaming down onto him specifically oh that was like okay thank you for clearing that up because i was like was the moon aligned to the monolith but i didn't like I knew that it wasn't. I just, I don't know, I just didn't even think about how he did that. Okay, that's very T. Yeah, it, they do that, actually, they cover that in the <laughs> Times article. It's like, they talk about what lights he uses, and and also in his caption, he's like, I was, like, charging up the drone, and I was like, where did your drone come in? But it's, like, because... I saw that, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's, like, part of his life. Like, I saw that also in the caption. He was like, I stopped for a minute because I was you know, yeah, charging my drone. And I was like, that's just, like, something I've never done. <laughs> drone um, culture. It was definitely a specific aesthetic. That's another fun part of looking at people interact with something is how differently they all did it, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, you and I would have, like, I could just see us by that thing. Like, we would have sort of been, like, little droney aliens. <laughs> we would have, like, put our hands up. Like, we would have just been so stoic and, like... Yeah, it would have been, like, visiting Stonehenge or something. <laughs> Yeah, and I would have taken cursed images, for sure, Yeah, you know? Yeah. 
I don't know if I would have sat on top of it. I would not have sat on top also, of it. You know. Absolutely not. No way. I feel disrespectful. I feel like if I had like a guy, if I had like a, a strong man hoist me up there and take me down, I would happily do it. But I wouldn't put a lot of effort into it. <laughs> I actually like played that in my head many times. I was like, what if I was on a nature hike with a group of people and a big man <laughs> put me at the top of it? I was like, that sounds so fun. <laughs> now you're winning me over. Now I want to go it was, top. Well, because I saw some groups of people there and it was like this girl who was like small in her big, in her cute furry jacket. And I was like, one of those guys had to stick her up there yeah. because there's no way to scale it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's a There's a joy. I get a great joy in like reaching new heights right literal heights like lately at whole foods i'm yeah whole foods has like really high shelves <laughs> <laughs> but lately like there's been three times where i've had to be like excuse me sir <laughs> can you get this and i love it yeah i just okay i saw i feel like it's <laughs> back in march when everyone was like uh hoarding food i saw this woman like uh-huh. a, a very short woman trying to reach the top for like some dry pasta and it was like so just something I can't unsee because she was just getting there. Did she reach it herself? Did she have to ask for help? I think I said, like, Chris, can you go help her? And well, we didn't oh, want to, yeah, like... Chris helped her. No, I don't think he did because we were afraid to, like, get in contact with her, too. It was this thing where we wanted to help oh, her. I see. Like, we don't want to, like, breathe on her because we didn't know, you know. And that was when no one was yeah, allowed to wear, like, masks. Pandemic. So it's just like, hold your breath. Oh my god, great. Wait, what? Remember when at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was like, don't wear masks. Oh, oh, you're talking about the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Earliest of days. God, that was psychotic. I yeah, I had an influencer friend who was getting, like, tortured in her comments for wearing a mask, like, at the very beginning. And everyone was like, what's wrong with you? Like, oh my god, people were like, you're wearing a mask as an accessory for the pandemic, and meanwhile, you're spreading fear. Oh. And she posted it, like, three months later, and she was like, okay, guys, this didn't age well. And I was like, yeah, this is why if you don't know shit, you don't say Remember shit. Me? Um, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, there was a time where it was like, don't wear a mask. Like, don't freak out. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't breathe. Visuals are important. <laughs> How are you going to breathe through this? <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> Uh, okay I love how this is going in the sense that like I still feel like you're in the room even though it's soon yeah I'm having a great time (laughs) me too (laughs) thanks for being here (laughs) you guys the digital world's not so bad we don't need our bodies uh oh (laughs) all we need is our energy and our voices rendering physical form this is where it begins James this is where you and I start to become pure energy okay cool all right. <laughs> Bang A's. This was fun. Next episode will be just white noise, but you'll you'll know you'll know everything <laughs> that we're saying. So speaking of the style in which you and I probably would have photographed the monolith if we were mm-hmm. to off-road across the desert. Um, cursed images. Yeah. I really want to talk about cursed images. <laughs> what is a cursed image to you? So <clears throat> this is it's such an elusive concept. But I feel like a cursed image is something that captures uh, whatever the subject is more through vibe rather than um, visual, which is Mm. interesting because it's an image. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of this amorphous thing where it's like you Mm -hmm. can have a, a low contrast, slightly shaky 
image, but you get more emotion from it rather than like a polished, sharp, in focus, bright picture. Yes. Yeah, I like the vibe comparison because normally if you learn about how to produce images, you know, there's composition and color and all of these mm -hmm. rules that you have to pay attention to, which are designed to make a good visual experience. But the curse image, it doesn't completely reject all that because I will say it's like, you know, maybe you'll take a good flash cursed image, but you know, there's a purple cookie on like a yellow plate or next to some yellow flowers. And that will add to the cursed image because of those, you know, very clear art visual art rules are in there yeah mm -hmm. but yeah it definitely re uh, rejects that I also feel like cursed images uh, are a bit more truthful right absolutely yeah um, but I do when you said vibe I was like yes cursed images are the energy transmuter of the image world <laughs> <laughs> because they don't even have to be negative to me a cursed image is like I will say the history of cursed images, I do want to say and credit some people. First, I think cursed images started in the meme community, that word, as a way to describe um, just those kind of very off, funny pictures that kind of float around, you know, of like a weird taxidermied cat or, you know, something that's just been passed around so much and does have more of a cursed, like, negative connotation. Right, right. And... But then it started busting open where it was like, it wasn't like, oh, these are the cursed images. It was like, you could make your own. Like you could have a picture of you and your ex and say cursed image, <laughs> but it became this like idea. And I think, um, and then, so there was that, but then there was also kind of the like indie, like alternative, almost like cottage core movement of that. Mm -hmm. And I would say I would give a lot of credit to Lauren Alice Avery who is a Malibu, Los Angeles resident and just kind of an old money right. rich girl. But she mastered the art of this kind of cottagecore, cursed bonnet image vibe. Too. Oh yeah, bon she was credited for bonnetcore, that's true. Yeah. She was on the cover of <laughs> LA Weekly. Um, <laughs> but she was someone who I felt was really doing it with editing as well but she would take photos it looked like with an old camera or like an old cell phone mm -hmm. um and obviously like you said the goal wasn't to take a great picture of a dollhouse it was to make you feel like you discovered the dollhouse at midnight in a strange yeah. home <laughs> yeah 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 i think cursed images are kind of retaliating against the iPhone era where everyone can take True. the best photo ever. Like, unless you're trying to take a picture of the moon is like the one thing you can't take a picture of on the iPhone. I feel mm -hmm. like, but, Oh my God, I know. Is that funny? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause the moon is made of aliens. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like kind of this reversal of everything being high quality. It's a lo-fi, a lo-fi art form. Mm -hmm. Remember when she dated that person <laughs> and you like spotted them? No. He's also, it's okay, this is interesting. This could be like gossipy. I just like won't say names, but yeah. <laughs> Laura Dallas, I mean, she's, she's a celebrity, right? We can sort of talk yeah. about her. Yeah, um, yeah. And so she's the, the queen of cursed images, but like on such a level of like, not just cursed images, but also, like, she lives this kind of, like, old money lifestyle where she's in situations that are so capable of cursed imagery. Like, mm -hmm. I said, like, she's her house is full of heirlooms and, like, you know, old carpets and old windows and just things that really make a cursed image so cursed. Um, 
but I was following for her for a while and she really had such a character online that was this you know this like lost girl in Malibu trapped in her old money house that had been you know kidnapped as a kid and all this crazy stuff and so you'd go on her page and you would see just these blurry photos even her Twitter I was following for a while which is now deleted you know was just her saying stuff like you know I got a massage from a ghost today <laughs> and consistently you know yeah and uh, she was so good at that medium and I really saw her as an artist and what's funny is you watch somebody like that and when you watch somebody who exists in a context so well you start to wonder who they really are like as a human being you're like do mm-hmm. they date like do they have sex like do they like go to work and she started dating somebody who I the reason I knew who this person was I swear to god is because when I was working retail <laughs> at Blick Art Materials he came in to buy spray paint and was so mean to me like he was so mean and I was like he was so mean that I thought he was like 16 years old was this a celebrity no, this was, you saw them together at the Country Mart and you told me. And he was just this really, this skater guy that, like, has skater guy, like, cool points, but is, like, really kind of just, like, mm-hmm. an alcoholic. Okay, now it's coming back to me. Yeah, this memory that <laughs> yeah. I don't have. But it's funny because I recently, so he stayed in my mind. So this is what happened. He comes into the store to buy spray paint. And this is, I don't know anything. This is way before any of this, right? And he was so rude to me, and his personality was so juvenile that I was like, this boy is 16, and, you know, I'm not the type to give someone a hard... Like, I would sell spray paint to any age, right, if I could. But he was so mean to me that I was like, I'm not going to let this kid have spray paint because he's mean to retail workers. And so I remember being like, okay, like, let me see your ID and stuff. And he was like, you're such a cop. And he was calling me a cop. (laughs) And I was like, this guy's crazy. And then he ended up being like... 25 and I was like 19 years old and so he shows me his ID and I was like okay this dirty ass mean kid (laughs) this is so off topic um and anyways so I start following him on Instagram because I have a fixation with this person who I thought I just like he's a character as well and everything he would post online was cursed images also but not with the backdrop of like beautiful old money fairy tale life Mm-hmm. It would be like his like hoarder dad's like office, and it was, he it was, was dark like, curse images, Very like dark. true curse images. You know, like yeah. just anyone who's ever you know lived in a cramped apartment. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was just like cramped apartment and beer. Anyways, they started dating like this really weird like skater kid who like lived with his mom. And was really mean. Oh, man. (laughs) And I followed them to death, but they both were cursed image producers, right? Yeah. And his was more in this kind of way of being like, I don't care. You know, I just drink Yeah, there's two different types of cursed images, I would say. Mm -hmm. There's that type where it's kind of you're conveying a darkness that maybe can't be shared with the world. Or there's... Or it's just real, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not trying to be... It's, yeah, it's cursed because, like, because it's just dark times. It's very easy mm-hmm. to do a cursed image like that. Or there's, like, Lauren's, which I think takes more effort and mm-hmm. more curation of her space. Because she's not posting photos of, like, the Dedicated beautiful... aesthetic. 
you know, the beautiful KitchenAid mixer that she probably has. It's like, you know, totally. searching for something. Yeah. I also feel like Caroline Calloway is a cursed image producer. Mm, and that's, that's honestly the sort of the one content that I really like that she posts is when she posts mm-hmm. like a messy studio or like a blurry like I just like I fuck with that or there was mm-hmm. a time where she was posting her meals every day right and it was right, flash right. and it was like and people were saying it was gross but it was just like a flash photo of food yeah and that was nice so <laughs> is it intimacy up. does it feel is it still going yeah I got, was getting a call but it okay cool That's yeah. For it. yeah um do you feel like intimacy is conveyed in a cursed image? I think so. I think it's just stripping away everything that we've been taught is cool about taking a photo. And so then it feels mm-hmm. more, yeah, it feels more intimate is a great word. You don't yeah. feel like you're being sold something with a cursed image. Okay, wait, I feel like I didn't round about the Lauren and her boyfriend story oh yeah how did it end okay you were working at the country mart in brentwood and you saw Mm -hmm. them together Mm -hmm. and then she took like film photos of him it was just wild to see someone who just two people in totally different contexts like Mm -hmm. literally like kid who like very working class family probably like very mean (laughs) you know seemed like an alcoholic like always drinking beer like throughout the day and just like a skater kid with this like you know, cottage core princess. <laughs> right, right, right. Which is also very classic because this is a pattern I've noticed that I think is dying down as we get older. But when you come from wealth or beauty, mm-hmm. a lot of women will, or girls, will go after these like rugged, careless men. Yeah. Because they feel like they will maybe see them for who they really are or something like that. But it ends up not being the case. I think it's, yeah, I think it's people who are tired of their status quo life. My mm-hmm. mom like was expressed that she was like very beautiful growing up and had, you know, every boy to choose from in her high school. And she was like, and then I just had a slum. <laughs> she just dated like guys that were not good, not nice mm-hmm. because it Dirty. just sort of, yeah, it just sort of threw everything on its head. I think that's what youth is a lot. Is just throwing mm-hmm. things to the wind and seeing what sticks. Yeah. And it feels kind of original to, like, date the the bad boy. Mm-hmm. But I've seen it, like, it feels... I don't know, it's very interesting. It's, like, an illusion. I also just want to preface, like, we don't know anything about this girl and her boyfriend. <laughs> and Yeah, we don't know anything. And right now we're talking about them as symbols of a phenomenon. Yeah. And I do not believe in speculating on people's lives to conclusion um (laughs) but what that represented to me was also something I like I've just seen so many times and it's just like people or like women will be so confused and almost resentful of their beauty and their power and their opportunities Mm -hmm. that they'll almost like give it all away just to be with some like funny dirty guy Mm -hmm. because I don't even know why but it just seems like they put more value on oh my god, this, like, wild guy thinks I'm funny and cool (laughs) than their, like, real-life power that they can really, like, pull from and, like, achieve a lot from, and I I really wonder about that. 
Well, I do think we are, we're kind of taught to find someone who's, um, not even an equal, but someone who is more powerful than us or more dominant than us Mm -hmm. as women. And we're taught to look away from our own power and see how we can serve others with that power. Mm -hmm. So if you're really wild, free thinking, smart girl, Mm -hmm. it can be hard to know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. Also the idea that that can be a challenge. Like I'm thinking of the sense of, you know, let's say you were born into money and you're very pretty and you're like, well, I have that down. And it's Mm -hmm. almost, it's like a challenge to get the kind of dirty, funny skater boy to think you're funny and cool, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like if we think of like what it means to be challenged in life is to like step out of your box. And it's really interesting to think if your box is already successful by societal standards right right (laughs) your challenges kind of end up being these like useless things yeah you know yeah yeah I think it's also nice to be able to have a partner that you can treat and like if you're someone who's like a really already wealthy girl having like a dirty skater boy that you can just like (laughs) take to the Chateau Marmont and like not look Mm -hmm. at the check and sign it is super fun yeah and then the illusion that they see you more clearly than anyone else, which is possible, but not always true, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's also, we don't Very know what it's like to have in your circle a bunch of, like, rich kids, rich boys. Like, maybe they're just shitty. That's true. And you're looking for a heart of gold. I'm sure old money is an energy that is really hard to oh, stomach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But... I have seen, I mean, you and I have been around people like that, and they always suffer mm-hmm. in a way that's hard to understand. Yeah. Um, very unique and interesting. But back to Curse Images, I do think Lauren Alice Avery was one of the queens of it. It's really unfortunate that a lot of her archives are gone in the sense that she had a really, I mean, she'd post like three times a day on Instagram, cursed image after cursed image. She had a Twitter, she had a Vine, um, and then she took it all away. And now she has an Instagram that, I follow that gets updated fairly infrequently. Mm. Uh, she'll put a story every once in a while. But I will say the other thing about cursed images is that they get more power when there's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like, is. If you have a story of like 10 images of just like a bunch of cursed shit, like it's just more powerful than like one every couple days. Like. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, I think, well, cursed images are, because they don't catch the eye necessarily immediately, if there's mm-hmm. a succession, you're kind of like, oh, what's the, do you want this? It, it has more intrigue. Whereas, like, if you just see one, you can look over and, like, look, look it over really quickly. Because it's not flashy. It doesn't have the things that our minds are trained to look for, especially in an Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. But if it's, like, a barrage of, like, these weird grainy (laughs) or flashy photos, it's, like... (laughs) Yeah, truly. Cursed image, the energy. Also, it's really funny that there's people who understand the cursed image and then people who don't Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, Like, when I have cursed imagery that I love, like, for example, like, the, you know... uh, 
Caroline Calloway posting her food and a bunch of people being like, God, this is so gross. Why is she taking terrible pictures of food? And then I'm on, I'm on the other end being like, oh, I love messy flash curse images. This is so mm-hmm, sick. Keep mm-hmm. it coming, you know? Yeah. And it's a funny, you know, what makes somebody a cursed image lover and what makes someone a cursed image denier? Well, I think cursed images remind me of like a thrift store and then non-cursed images remind me of the mall. Ooh, so it's like point, point. a mainstream versus, I don't know, what would you say is not mainstream, subversive lover. You know, some people just love going to the mall, genuinely. That's true. Yeah, and thrifting is energy and discovery-based. Cursed images don't give you much. That's yeah. something, too. I think cursed images are like a denial. Like you said earlier, it's a rejection of, like, iPhone HD life. Right. It's also, like, a rejection of, like form and like yeah it is a rejection of form yeah absolutely because it's like it also says like we'll go back to like a let's say a cursed image of a dollhouse it's like if it's blurry and in the distance and weird it goes to say you know what's beyond (laughs) like I made the choice not to take a clear photo and make the form the center of this idea Mm-hmm. so what else is there like what else are you gonna get from this you know or with a flash photo of food looking crazy it's like you know instead of me focusing on how beautiful and and form focused this can be like what other story can I tell like the yeah. fact that I plated this at 2 a.m right you know messily and that's a bit more interesting I will say <laughs> yeah but it takes more time for the viewer to understand it see it interpret it Whereas, like, an HD photo is just like, mm-hmm. this is my beautiful plate of spaghetti. And everyone's like, oh, my God, I love Cacio e Pepe. You know? It's just, it's a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the food thing is funny. I saw other criticism for this girl who was posting food and trying to be foodie-ish. Mm-hmm. Not trying. She's doing it. And she posted a pizza and, like, her phone, uh, reflect her phone shadow was in it. And mm-hmm. everyone was like, oh my god, phone shadow, like, you're such an idiot. And I was like, this is sick, like, <laughs> the light was behind her, now we know that. Um, yeah. Yeah, cursed, cursed image light. People are becoming so unforgiving on social media. Like, at us as image consumers, mm-hmm. it's just so brutal nowadays. We can't just enjoy I know. a photo. Which is so ridiculous because I just, I don't know if this is going to die out. I'm waiting for it to die out. But it's like, when, you, when is everyone going to wake up to the fact that, like, their perception is only theirs and maybe their friend group or something? But, like, you know, the fact that I, it's just so strange and it's such a killer of, like, harmless joy, you know? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. let the phone be in the fucking photo. I can't even <laughs> deal. <laughs> I had a um, moment where um, I was posting photos of the ducks in the reservoir and I mm-hmm. was posting them from... They, like their photos, their cursed images, they were blurry and, you know, not <laughs> high quality. And, mm-hmm. but I love them. And then someone responded to me and posted, like sent me their post that they posted like a couple months ago. And it was this insane HD photo <laughs> of like a duck coming out of the water and flapping its wings. <laughs> and there was water everywhere. And he was like, I think that he just was like, I mean, and then had like a, like a crying laugh face. It's like, yeah, I understand that you probably took that on your, like, speedy DSLR with, like, motion, you know, capture. But, like, they're very different photos. They're the same subject. But, like, 
Why are it's we doing like, this? I don't think, I don't, I personally don't think it's that interesting to capture life exactly as it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's good for documentary purposes and, like, you know, slowing down, you know, filming a tiger running and, like, slowing it down, you know, like, like for that reason. But, like, creatively, like, simply filming something or shooting something exactly as it is as clear mm-hmm. as possible it's like yeah my eyes already did that babe <laughs> yeah <laughs> i want to get some weird story out of this <laughs> I need first mystery. images are the impressionists of this age i would say with a little bit of surrealism maybe tiny bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the surrealism yeah. comes in when the cursed image surprises you and something looks weirdly 3d or something yeah but yeah, yeah or when you look at a cursed image and you're like i know what that is and then you're like, oh, actually, no, that's just a boat. It's not, like, a face. Mm-hmm. Like, a cursed image because there's yeah. a lack of high-depthness. Mm-hmm. I think cursed images, and I say this in my whole chest, I think they're extremely important. <laughs> and I think if you don't understand, you know, just don't get mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I love your cursed image style. I think you and I, I think that's what bonds us artistically is like our love for the Mm -hmm. cursed image medium in every single way. Like even how we like live our lives is like, Mm -hmm. you know, what is the custom version of this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think for a while I said that my style was dictated by the, Uh, tools that I had and now I'm like now I can get other tools and I still like the tools that I have so Mm -hmm. I've had to accept that another thing to bring up too is cursed image by way of editing which I do I've probably done that serially for like three years Mm -hmm. um and what I do is I'll take the brightness down (laughs) I'll lighten up the shadows and I'll take the highlights down too and it'll create this kind of overexposed it's like I think the goal is to kind of make it look like a '90s flash photo or something. Yeah. Of a crime scene, <laughs> where it's like blown out. Yeah, the it's image like blown is blown like, out and almost more like oil flat. painting, like. Yeah. Yes, flat, definitely flat. Yeah, flat and maybe. If yeah, I guess so. <laughs> flat. <laughs> And almost, like, kind of, uh, what's the word? Like, I'm trying to think of the effect that happens when you up sharpening and you take down brightness and you get this almost, like, oil painting-like mm-hmm. look. It's like it doesn't take you that far from reality. It doesn't necessarily look like a painting, but it feels, I don't know, just feels a bit off. Or maybe aged. Maybe it looks yeah, and like chemicals have been thrown at it. <laughs> it's, I feel like it's closer to film, to a film photo. Yeah, that's true. Not that yeah. when you have a cursed guess... image, you're like, "This is this a film photo?" It's mm-hmm. not. That's not the goal. But I would say that it's with with film. There's an added element of you know something out of our control that influences the image. And I think the cursed image totally. digitally is trying is aspiring to that. Yeah, definitely. The cursed image. I'm gonna Google just if there's a definition of cursed image and just see what they say because um, the word definitely came from meme culture oh interesting wow you know what <laughs> I sort of got diction- dictionary definitions just really come through huh 
Okay, there's two definitions I want to say. Mm -hmm. There's the Wikipedia definition, um, and there's the Urban Dictionary definition. I'm going to say the Urban Dictionary first because it's short, and I think it's so short and sweet. Cursed image, Urban Dictionary. A cursed image is any image that can incite the five W's in a person. These five W's being who, what, when, where, and why. Wow. Things like this. Oh, wait, it keeps going. It says, things like this missing from an image are what is supposed to make you really think, and there shouldn't be an answer. Mm. <laughs> uh, Wikipedia. The Urban Dictionary definition is very long and very good, and it goes into what pretty much everything we said. And then Wikipedia says, a cursed image refers to images that are perceived as mysterious or disturbing due to their content, poor quality, <laughs> or a combination <laughs> of the two. A cursed image makes a person ask questions about the image's existence in the first place. Since 2016, such images have become popular online. Okay, that date is so clear because that's when Lauren Alice Avery was on the rise. That was like 2015, 2014. Um, Very good. And memes were kind of at the the height, I would say. Yeah, definitely. That's when I started making memes because I was like, wait, I look at them all the time. Very interesting. Yeah. Are podcasts the new meme? interesting somebody i saw this on twitter or something but someone was saying like podcasts are so revolutionary because it's like uncensored speaking and somebody Mm. can take a sound bite from you and try to like you know make it into another narrative or take your words out of context but the true context is in your control and in your podcast (laughs) you know what i mean yeah Like, in the past, you'd do an interview or whatever, and somebody would be in charge of the audio and the media distribution. But these days, if someone takes you out of context and makes you sound like a bad person or you said something stupid, um, they could go on the podcast and be like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, which is interesting. Our podcast, The New Meme, um, they're definitely a really popular form of expression right now. Yeah. We'll see. Only time I think will podcasts tell. Podcasts to me. Do you think it's an age thing? Like, do you think that podcasts? For me, like, I didn't get into podcasts until like you know after twenty five, and I think mm-hmm. that's because my life. I'm less interested in images, and more interested in information. Yeah, Maybe. I think I started listening to podcasts when I was like twenty four, twenty five. You were um, on it way before me yeah but that also started with with storytelling mm-hmm. podcasts and I just was mm-hmm. wanting to hear other people's life stories and then it kind of evolved into more production based podcasts so mm-hmm. and then that was like pure information um and I also think it depends on what you do with your time like I started listening to podcasts when I was making art videos and had a lot of time to like just listen to something because I would construct a space and then it was like crocheting and you can listen to something and crochet a whole rug Mm -hmm. so um I think it depends on what you can do with your free time yeah totally and it makes sense that during the pandemic there everyone's making podcasts like including us is because it's like I really developed a deep love for podcasts during the pandemic because you know it really fills the void of having conversations at parties with random people eavesdropping on people you know just out and about like I love that yeah 
Yeah. Especially in the city, it's like your whole life is hearing conversations. And For then sure. When they go away, like you miss just hearing like two girls like cackling, you know. Yeah. On the yeah, balcony yeah. as the party dwindles. Mm. It's nice. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah. So I do want to add one more thing about cursed images which is I think why I'm so obsessed with them is that it's not just like what they look like and the fact that they exist and I love them and I could look at them all day um but it's just the idea that you know a bunch of people decided that an energy can be conveyed in something like a flat image that's beyond the Mm -hmm. image itself and that the way that you do something can just convey like mystery and a whole story and I feel Like, anything that brings awareness to the fact that stationary, tangible, physical manifestations of things are bigger than that and they carry an energy, to me, is, like, perfect. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a spiritual (laughs) spiritual energy. (laughs) Curse images for life. Keep it cursed. Keep it cursed, everybody. If I was a robot and I could do anything in, like, three seconds... Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I could just have a creative project or idea and it would just be done really quickly. I would want to create, like, like guide to cursed images. Like, an anthology of cursed images and, like, what they mean. Yeah. You know, Lauren Alice Avery would have a whole chapter. Yeah. I'll put that for retirement, oh. maybe. Yeah. My Make retirement it a, a long... <laughs> That'll be one of your long cons. Long con. Yeah. <laughs> Another great word. Uh, we've talked a lot. <laughs> we've talked and talked. We filled more of an hour. Should we? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Cut the cords. Is Joey around yeah. you? Yeah, Joey's Joey's sleeping now. Okay, but she's, she's sleeping. Been... I was like, yeah, I Joey, mind. goodbye. Oh. Uh, well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was very. I really love the energy of this episode. <laughs> it's just like very. Like... I had a great time. It's very Illusion Pod. <laughs> like, this is what I envision for Illusion Pod is like. Yeah. Cursed images and monoliths. <laughs> Happy right, to well, be here. I'll see you out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Keep going. Keep, keep going. going.